Presidential election season means presidential debates. And for political junkies, that means hours and hours of tedious, repetitious talking points over and over again as candidates for president try vainly to answer the same questions in ways that seem not only slightly different, but will give them a slight leg up in the polls. It's not very edifying, and after a while, it gets very, very boring. Unless, of course, a candidate messes up, in which case things can suddenly get interesting. Most importantly, is this really the best way to pick a president? What if there was a way that we could actually see these candidates interact more meaningfully? What if there was, in fact, a way that we could vet these candidates, sometimes 10 or 20 of them, on the qualities that matter most for an actual president? I'm Dr. A.J. Nolte, and this is Blind Politics. And welcome once again, podcast listeners, to another episode of Blind Politics. I'm your host, Dr. A.J. Nolte, Assistant Professor of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University. Once again, views expressed in this podcast do not represent Regent University or the Robertson School of Government, although perhaps after listening to this podcast, they might decide that hosting something like I'm about to suggest would be good for the school. And if they do, I'm perfectly willing to be the MC. So my topic for today is the presidential nominating process. And what I wanted to do is take a step back a little bit from some of the hurly-burly of the political moment. As you're listening to this, we're probably gearing up for more of the Trump impeachment drama, and we're gearing up for some of the early nominating contests in the Democratic primary in places like Iowa, New Hampshire, and so forth. And that means presidential debates upon presidential debates. We finally have gotten to the point at which there are fewer of the Democrats running who are going to be on the stage, but that doesn't mean that the debates are going to be any more interesting than they have been thus far. In fact, with certain candidates, I'm looking at you, Marianne Williamson, now no longer on the stage, they're probably going to be more boring than they were. And what I want to suggest here today is something I think will make the presidential nominating contest not only more interesting for us to watch as, as viewers and voters, but also more edifying. What do I mean by more edifying? Well, part of the thing that we're all doing here is picking a president. And I think sometimes the debates can obscure for us the purpose that we're actually here for. It can obscure, in other words, the reason that we have a president. It can, in some ways, create perverse incentives in terms of the types of things that help you succeed in a debate versus the types of things that help you succeed actually as president. What is the job of a president? First and foremost, if you look at Article 2, the president is an executive position. They're enforcing laws made by the legislature. The president has an immense amount of power and influence by the Constitution over foreign policy, sometimes for good, sometimes for ill. Much less influence over direct aspects of domestic policy, which are worked through in a much more complex process. You've got states that have a say, counties sometimes, locales that have a say. You've got Congress in both chambers. And of course, constitutional issues will get sent to the Supreme Court. So we have a number of different actors that have influence on foreign policy. Congress can have some influence in foreign policy and, and some of the other executive agencies as well, but it's a much more presidentially focused power. So we're looking for somebody who has executive ability, it's an executive position, who will make good decisions about foreign policy, 
who is going to be the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. One of the most sacred and important responsibilities of the president is that they are the public official who is most directly tasked with sending our men and women into uniform into situations where they can kill and be killed. That is one of the most important responsibilities of the president. Okay, so this is essentially really an executive type job. And what I want to suggest today is that possibly having presidents stand on stage with 20 of their closest friends and answer questions by moderators that are designed to evoke responses often, you know, aimed at pleasing increasingly narrower and narrower segments of the base so that you can win a fragment of the primary vote might not be the best way to actually pick a president. Now, there's something to be said for, in the general election, having presidential candidates square off, mano a mano, or mano e womano, if it's it's a female nominee, because then you kind of see the counterpoint. You see what they're made of and how they interact with one another. And a a one-on-one scenario debate can be very illuminating and can highlight important contrasts. But when you've got 20 people on stage who are all trying to say the exact same talking points with increasing vehemence, it's not actually that edifying, and it doesn't really tell you anything about whether this person would be a good president or not. Mir Pete Buttigieg, for example, has been excellent in terms of his debating skills, but being able to answer a zinger from you know, Amy Klobuchar or Kamala Harris with a zinger of your own doesn't necessarily mean that you're prepared to go toe-to-toe with Vladimir Putin if you have to or that you're prepared to address the complex issues that always arise when you're dealing with the People's Republic of China, or that you're prepared to handle a domestic crisis like flooding, a hurricane, or something like that in a way that is going to be calm and effective. And so, of course, candidates will all tout their experience on issues like this, but hearing somebody say, I I did this and I did that and I did so forth, has, I think, somewhat more limited utility. So what I want to suggest is that when we're looking at the primaries, it might be worthwhile for the political parties, for the TV networks, and for us as voters to start advocating for a new means of introducing us to the candidates. And no, I'm not talking about those hour-long town halls where random partisans of one party or the other ask questions that the candidate will then answer in a way that is designed to please the base. These are better than the debates because you actually get somewhat more of the deeper thoughts that the candidates have or in some cases don't have on a given issue. But they're still not what I'm talking about. And what I'm talking about here is what I would call a more scenario-based or game-based model for presidential candidates, for assessing the presidential qualities of presidential candidates. If you've ever taken a class from me, you know that I like games and simulations and scenarios. I use them a lot with my students, particularly in international relations and U.S. foreign policy type classes. In fact, in my international relations theory class, a friend and I have recently just built a scenario for an eight-week online section of the course that is really meant to be sort of immersive and you're playing roles as different countries and acting out certain international relations theories. And what I find is that students actually prefer this to the discussion because they feel like it gives them more of a practical, real-life feel for what these types of scenarios would be like, and because I think it also helps them learn actually what they're doing with in a more active sense. Plus, I will tell you as a professor that it is much more fun for me to see how students are going to react to the crises I throw at them than to read them responding in discussion boards or in class, and all sort of trying to say the same thing in, di- in slightly different words so that they can get credit for it. 
And this is really what put me in mind of what's happening with the debates, because it's a very similar dynamic at work. Obviously, it's not quite the same as a classroom. It's really more along the lines of a speed dating job interview, which is not necessarily the best way to find qualified candidates. So here's what I'd like to propose that we do instead. This would take longer. We probably would need three or four nights to make this happen. But each candidate will get a half an hour, and each candidate will get a mock cabinet. These are people who will be provided by the political party, the RNC perhaps, or the DNC, if the Democrats are running the nominating contest. And you will basically put them in a room, a soundproof room, you know, no, no access in or out, you know, cameras in the room, obviously, and you know, you can you can have people in the press watching this. And then you give them a scenario. You give them something that could really happen when they're president. They have to then go with their their cabinet officials and their their mock cabinet officials will give them possible solutions, will give them their agency's appreciation of what could happen in terms of the crisis. And then we get to see how the different presidential candidates respond. Now, the nice thing about doing this is that in terms of airing it for the public, you wouldn't necessarily have to show the entire thing because you could have the same mock cabinet, you could have the same crisis, and what is going to be different for each of these candidates are you know, the questions they ask, the responses, and so forth. And I'm envisioning this a little bit like the way it would air would be a little bit like a kind of a reality TV show where at the outset, you're getting people talking about the crisis, how it's designed, all that kind of stuff. You're then being introduced to who the cabinet officials are, and you know they'll, they'll tell you what they're doing and so forth. And then you see the candidates. And you actually get to see, not in real time, because this will all have been recorded beforehand, but you'll get to see how they respond. It would be sort of a little bit more condensed, I would say, but, but accurate. We're not going to cut necessarily their reactions, because the goal is to give the viewer, to give the voter, really, a sense of how this person's going to react under pressure and in, in the pressure of a crisis. And so you would get a chance to see how they react in the moment, faced with a crisis that they're not prepared for, interacting with their cabinet, being presented with different options, having to explain their choice. And then you have an exit interview with them where you could ask them, you know, why did you pick option X when you presented with this? And I think it would be interesting. First of all, I think it would be fun to watch. It would be much more watchable to me than this endless repetition of talking points where maybe everybody gets seven minutes to respond. And I think you would get to see really what some of these candidates were made of in terms of how they react and how they respond. Second of all, I think it would be enlightening for the candidates as they start to actually suffer for some of them, really be faced with, maybe for the first time, thinking about what it would be like to actually be in that situation room, to actually have to make a decision when lives are on the line. That's not something that you do in the Senate. You know, it's not something that you do if you're if you're a business mogul, necessarily. Yes, profits may be on the line, but how many of these people are used to making life and death decisions or have any idea of what that is actually like? Governors, maybe, a little bit more, but even there, you're, you're dealing with some foreign policy issues. And the goal here wouldn't necessarily be to assess the expertise of these people on the crisis that they're presented with, but I think it also gives you a... a look at their instincts. You put somebody in an unfamiliar situation like that, a, a crisis type situation, with a cabinet of officials who are obviously going to be proposing solutions that really fit with the, the views and the ideology of that party. And what you'll, what you'll find out is the instincts that people have, the instinctive kind of decisions that they make. And I think this could be really enlightening and could help us actually pick somebody who's going to make the right kind of decisions, the right kind of command decisions. So, 
Reasons why I think this would be superior to review. Number one, way more fun, way more people would watch it. Everybody loves reality TV show, and this is kind of a little bit American Idol, a little bit Madam Secretary, perhaps. And so I feel like ratings for this would be really good. Number two, it would give the candidates more of a feel for actually what they're going into. And number three, I think it would show us the instincts of the people who are saying that they want to lead us. It would force them to get out from behind the shield of the talking points and the memorized stump speeches and all of that and actually make decisions in the heat of a crisis. And I think that probably what we would find is, you know, some of the candidates who have more experience at actually making these decisions would rise to the top, would look presidential, would be able to stay calm, manage the situation, and effectively sort of come out with the, the right decisions in these types of scenarios. So I, I think it would be useful. And even if we can't get rid of all of the debates, even if we still have to have some of those two and a half hour long repetitions of the wish list of things that everybody in the base of the respective parties wants to hear. Even getting rid of some of them and replacing them with something that would be somewhat more interesting and somewhat more useful and actually picking someone who knows how to be and would be effective as a good president, I think would be a step in the right direction. It would be a really positive step. Do I think it will happen? Probably not for a couple of reasons. One is that for the candidates, they're, you know, the disadvantages are probably greater than the advantages. In a debate, you kind of know what to expect. You know what questions are likely to come up. You can prepare. You can prep. This situation would be a lot harder to prepare for. And candidates are not going to like that. And the campaign managers are certainly not going to like that. Because the last thing that you want as a campaign manager is for an unguarded moment, a moment where your candidate is out of control and maybe showing their true self to the voters. Because the voters may not like that. So that, that's one aspect of this. I, I don't know that the candidates themselves will like it. The interest groups in, that are influential in, and sometimes more influential than, the party would not like this. You know, I can't imagine the pro or anti-gun or pro or anti-abortion groups being pleased to see a debate where people can, can be brought to a position where they have to express their fidelity to the party's chosen position on issue X replaced with an actual crisis scenario that has nothing to do with their particular issue of choice. So I imagine they're probably not going to be too enthusiastic about this either. I actually think the networks would have mixed feelings about this. Number one, I think the people that actually run the networks would like it because it would be a kind of a new novel thing and ratings, at least for the first time you did this, would probably be off the charts. So the political editors of that would probably really appreciate it. But, you know, I think part of the issue of, of the network coverage teams is that everybody wants to be the moderator. You know, journalists have ego and every journalist wants to be the person who comes up with that zinger, that, you know, that question that the candidate can't answer that, that puts their campaign on the rocks. And so I think you've got a real tension that would emerge over this idea within the journalistic community. I think some of them would like it, but I think the anchors, the front people, the people who like to be moderators for these debates would not like, you know, missing the opportunity to be the star of the show, you know, at, at the center stage of that. People who would probably like it would be the viewers, as I mentioned, but also I would say the respective foreign policy establishments of the party would probably appreciate the fact that you're actually, you know, putting someone through their paces in this type of scenario, that you're actually you know, seeing crisis instincts. And by the way, you could do domestic crises too. You could do something like a hurricane, a flood, national emergency of, of those types as well. It doesn't all have to be foreign policy, but definitely I would say you want something that's going to be the kind of crisis that a president would deal with. And I think people in those worlds would really appreciate this more because you're going to get more of a focus there. And also it means that some of those retired officials who've been in cabinets in the past would get some face time because you would bring people like that in to be your sort of mock cabinet 
you know, and then they would also get kind of an entrance and exit interview where they would get to give a little bit about their interactions with the candidate, you know, what they thought and so forth. And so some of those folks would probably appreciate it, but it's probably not going to happen. I would say the the interest groups that are arrayed in favor of the current system we have are pretty strong, which is why we have the current system that we have. But I think it is a good idea, and I think it would be a better way of evaluating presidents than what we're doing right now. And I think that matters. I think that if nothing else, it would help people to reevaluate and properly evaluate what we're actually picking someone to do here. You know, that we're ultimately, we are picking a commander in chief, an executive for the country, someone who's going to play that executive role and have to make some of these critical decisions. And if it did that, if we were even by starting this conversation able to refocus the minds of voters on actually what presidents are for, I think that would be a really positive outcome for something like this. So, you know, a hopeful proposal, something I think that would make things better. Do I think it'll be adopted? No. But do I think it's a good idea? And would I love to see something like this happen? And would I watch it? Absolutely. Yes, I would. Okay, that's going to be a wrap for this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes or your other preferred podcast provider. We are hoping to have a number of interesting topics. Maybe we'll try to get some more guests on and I think look for more fun and exciting episodes of Blind Politics in the weeks to come. And with that said, this is Dr. Nolte signing off. <laughs>